0: Welcome to DMs of Vancouver,
1: the show where we talk to our awesome friends and amazing guests about how to help you become a better GM for your tabletop games or review games that we've played recently from a GM and player perspective.
0: I'm Jesse Boros and my pronouns are he, him.
1: I'm Sean Hagan, and my pronouns are also he, him.
0: We're your co-hosts for this podcast and we've got another great episode for you.
1: This podcast is recorded and produced on the unceded territory of the Coast Salish people, including the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations.
0: In recognition of that, we ask that you please support Raven, a charity that helps support Indigenous people throughout Canada. You can find them at raventrust.com.
1: Today, we're talking about running games for kids in school, with the twist of doing it during the pandemic we've all been dealing with for the last two-ish years.
0: Yeah. Today, we are rejoined by Jane Perella, pronouns she, her, we had her on before to talk about this topic before the pandemic and uh it's a good one folks
1: (laughs) yeah uh we hope you enjoy the show yeah roll for initiative
0: today's episode is brought to you by adventure dice adventure dice is an online dice shop based here in vancouver selling a variety of dice and other gaming accessories personally i'm a big fan of their rolling trays and the grounded pixie dice set Adventure Dice ships for free anywhere in Canada, and if you use the code DMV at checkout, you can get a 10% discount on your purchase. That's DMV for a nice discount on your new tabletop gear. Find the shop at AdventureDice.ca and roll for adventure.
1: Hey, jane welcome back to the show.
2: Hi there, Jesse and Sean. Nice to talk to you guys again.
1: Yeah, great to have you on again. Yeah. So D&D Club for students. Uh, coming back to talk about this after you know the last two years <laughs>
2: yeah yeah it's been um i'll give you kind of an overview of what those two years looked like uh because for you know for everybody they were weird
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: um they were strange ones so i last time i spoke to you i was running a D club at um the school i was formerly at um which i had sort of inherited from another teacher and um The inheriting was, as I mentioned last time, a bit abrupt. Like I'd been playing D anD D for like five weeks, and then suddenly realized the student, the teacher in question, was leaving, and that I was going to be the new DM. And I was like, "Uh." (laughs) So, anyway, sort of, you know, I spent, I guess, two and a half to three years running the club at that school, Um, and it it became kind of a, you know, six to eight player character kind of club with like about the same amount again of like spectators kind of hangers on people who played monsters when they had occasion to generally younger students that kind of thing went very nicely um really lovely so uh I then went on a year of m- mat leave and I returned from mat leave in m- March 1st of 2020
1: <laughs> which <laughs> oh no which
2: was which was not ideal Um, but basically what happened in those two weeks, I was kind of like setting up my class. I was like, okay, I'm at, I'm at a new school teaching grade six, seven kind of thing. And it's like, all right, well, I'll get some things rolling before March break so that, you know, when we come back, we can kind of go into them full force. And one of the things that I started up was, okay, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a Dungeons and Dragons club. And with it being a new school and a new club to the school, my feeling was, it's like, okay, maybe I get, you know, five, six kids, right. Who show up and that'll be great and i called the meeting on like march 13th or something like that 12th or 13th and like 25 kids walked into my room <laughs> oh wow <laughs> <laughs> and i was just like okay what am i going to do with you all like i can't run a campaign with you but i was like you know what that's fine and i and i i went with the mentality my former so the person i had taken over the club from went with the mentality of keeping the group small and i had always gone with like no everyone's welcome and we'll figure it out kind of thing um, so I did the same thing here and we started with sort of like you know what okay we'll, we'll work it out after spring break let's start building our characters and of course March kind of 14th things started to get a little odd uh, with COVID and then March 15th I had about half a class the day before spring break and then we went on spring break and March 17th it was announced well the schools are closing for COVID-19 and we're not coming back afterwards so When we were asked to sort of put together an online education kind of system, uh, one of the things that we were told was that we had to have sessions that were not necessarily mandatory, but that were like social kind of um, situations for the students. And so for my class, um, one of the sessions that I did for that was was Dungeons and Dragons. And everyone was welcome. You could come and watch if you wanted or, or whatever it was. But basically I got kind of seven really regular um, participants for about two and a half months um, online, which um, we can get into, but was a really fascinating sort of exercise with that. Um, And when we came back in September, uh, I had this interesting conversation um, with my, my administration of kind of trying to explain to them why Dungeons and Dragons was going to be fine under COVID restrictions. Um, (laughs) Because basically like they were kind of envisioning as like, okay, you're doing this club. It's like, well, is it like, we're not really supposed to share resources or touch other people's things. So like, you know, is it a board game? It's like, no, no, no. They all have their own dice. It's like, yeah, but do they have to move pieces? It's like, um, no. (laughs) And so it, it became something that I could start up again. But again, you had this initial influx of like 16 to 20 kids, (laughs) including some in a cohort, in a different cohort from mine that I couldn't interact with directly. So it was a little bit like trying to support them on that. And, but then I got the interesting challenge of doing um, student DMs, which I'd never done before, which was its own kind of fascinating challenge. So in the end, but what was amazing about all of this is that it never stopped. Right. So throughout the entire 2020 2021 school year we ran Dungeons and Dragons pretty well every week and when students came to me it's like but what if we like you know end up online and what if the school's closed and what if whatever I'm like you know I don't know but like the one thing I can tell you will still run will be (laughs) Dungeons and Dragons like and everything else um kind of disappeared like um sports teams and field trips and all of those things kind of went so it became kind of the only thing that that was available and was doable in any of these platforms. Um, which was phenomenal. <laughs> which was really great. So yeah, so that was my year and a half with uh with Dungeons and Dragons over this past sort of couple of years.
1: But yeah. Pretty eventful. It yeah. Like. <laughs> it yeah, was wow.
2: it was pretty strange. So yeah, it had some interesting um sort of pieces to it. The online was definitely in- different than the in-person. They had different sort of challenges and 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 different things that were that were awesome about them as well. So that was kind of kind of neat to see as well.
1: So something that I'm curious about is you yeah. said that you um, your group had some like eventually you started up some student DMs because yeah. you just had so many yeah. so many children <laughs> that you're trying to run yeah, DMV for. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a party of twenty people, uh, regardless of whether they're kids or not, is just <laughs> not doable. You know
2: what? Because they were new to d and I actually ran I can't remember whether it was one or two sessions. It might have been two. I ran two sessions with 20 of them in the room. Just, just to show them like what it was and to be like, okay, everyone's going to get a turn, everyone roll initiative. This is what we're doing. There's like, I don't know, 50 guards, whatever. um, And so, and it was just an exercise in like, how does an encounter kind of roll out? Um, Total madness. (laughs) But they were very, they were very, very good about it. Right. They were very, okay, everybody be quiet. It's it's so-and-so's turn now kind of, and we just fired through and it took about, uh, what was it about now where we had, and we just fired through people and it's like, you better be ready <laughs> when your tour comes around because it was just a moment of like, I'd like to you know, sit down with a group of six of you each at a time and sort of show you what this game is, but I can't because there's 20 of you in the room. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, sorry, you're, you're, you had a question about the, the student DMs.
1: Yeah. So I was just curious. Um, did you, did, did you help each of the student DMs get set up with their own campaign or were you like kind of helping to run All of them in the same world.
2: Yeah. So what I'd like to eventually get to in this club under like normal circumstances is to kind of be like the meta DM and to not run an individual game. I mean, much as I love running an individual game, but under these circumstances, what ended up happening was I ran a game with seven or eight of them. And just because of like who was friends with whom and that kind of thing, there were seven or eight who were like, yeah, I want to be with, with with an umbrella kind of thing. Um, And then there was a group of them who the DM in question uh, came from a family who had materials and dice and was, was quite well versed in it and, and, you know, their dad played and that kind of thing. And so they were quite well prepared to run a game on their own as long as I could kind of get their players into like characters basically and so that was kind of my support for them and then they went off and I saw them. they were not in my in my cohort and so I saw them sort of a, like across the hall a few times with like these elaborate maps and things so they they were fine <laughs> they, were, they were they were doing quite well on their own um and so you had a couple a few of those um you had DM situations um where one student, I had one student who did an amazing job of learning throughout the year and just whose skills like storytelling and like art and map drawing and stuff were were really well suited to it. And so I sort of generally stepped into resolve the yelling (laughs) tended to be my role because one of the real challenges I found with student DMs was the idea that like, unless you are like very mature friends with the people you're friends with, um, it tends to, you, you, part, you know, part of your role is, is you're resolving conflicts, right? And, and that, that for a 11 year old surrounded by other 11 year olds is really hard. Um, And so that tended to be the part where, I had to, to, to give a little guidance and, and occasionally just remind them that like their friend was doing them a favor, <laughs> right. <laughs> and like, it's, you know, you can't, like, I can't run with 16 of you all playing player characters. So if you want to play, you know, cut your friends some slack, <laughs> basically. Um, right. So, and, and there were DMs that like got partway through the year. You were like, uh, actually, no, I'm going to go do another group. Cause this wasn't, this is not what I want to do but there weren't very many of those i have to be honest like there was maybe one or two who ended up like that but there were there's some really solid groups that ran the whole year and just solved problems as they went and yeah and who were really good at it
0: (laughs) you know i i gotta say the having to remind the players that their dm is doing them a favor is kind of a thing that's (laughs) constant even you know with adults
2: yeah absolutely yeah absolutely i mean it 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 occasionally came off, you know, it, it happens to me as a DM, especially surrounded by other students where it's like, look guys, I I don't have to be here. (laughs) Right. Like, right. And, and not, you know, and I love it and I really enjoy it. But like when it devolved into this is an opportunity for us to air our grievances, D and D related or otherwise at each other, it's like, no, 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 this is not what we're here doing. And it was a, and it was a tough year. Right. It was a, it was a year with a lot of, um, a lot of frustration and a lot of things that couldn't happen. And there had to be sort of some rules as to, it's like, well, that's not what we're here for. Right. Like we're here because this is the one thing we get to do and hopefully it remains that. And if it's not that, well, then you need to take a breather kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you played online for, for a little bit there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we did, we, I had about seven students who, and we were on like Microsoft Teams, which is what we used for our academic uh, work as well. Um, and we, there were seven of, seven, seven, sometimes eight of them who, who showed up uh, really, really regular players. Um, uh, yeah. And it was one of the things that I found so fascinating about that and about online learning generally, but it was particularly true of Dungeons and Dragons was that, there were a couple students in that group that I'm sure I got to know better online than I would have in a classroom um, because they were, I had spent two weeks in a classroom with them. I spent a little bit of time in June when we went back part-time in a, in a classroom with them, but they were quiet. They were, they were individuals who, within a classroom setting, were quite quiet, who didn't sort of volunteer themselves, who did the step forward, but who online were when it was a small group, when it was a group of all people doing this activity that's that's funny and silly a lot of the time, they were hilarious, right? <laughs> and, and it was a real privilege to kind of see them in an environment where they felt that comfortable and that able to, to joke around. Like one of them that like totally like had not said a word in my class for the two weeks when we had been in person um was very much the like shoot first ask questions later player (laughs) (laughs) uh, when we went on a campaign and 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 like had hilarious reasons for being so and and it was really it was really lovely because it was kind of a mix of like I had seen their dynamic in class and so you had seen sort of like the kids who would have been a bit quieter and the kids who would have been a bit more goofing off kind of thing but in the context of of this hour and a half once a week of Dungeons and Dragons on online learning. It was so important because it was like the one thing where they got to kind of connect with people in, in April and May. And like, I I remember an occasion of um, one of my students, I could see him through the, his camera was on, but his audio wasn't. And I could see him freaking out, like just panicking because and I'm saying it's like it's okay you know when you, you work it out we'll wait for you this happened all the time with online learning is <laughs> that you know yeah. as with all of us right the cameras don't work kind of thing. but you could see him panicking and like talking to another person who was in the room and saying like it's not working it's not working and I said you know you know can we type we're, we're trying to work it out together and we eventually got it fixed but what was fascinating to me about it was how was how important it obviously was to him and and how important it was that like no no full experience the audio has got to be working i I, like i need this time right i need this time to to play this game and connect with um the people that i'm that i'm doing it with which was yeah which was very interesting
1: yeah it just it's funny that you mentioned that like these kids in a much smaller group uh like coming out of their shells because it's like my dad was uh, a teacher um for Ever? I don't know how long he's a teacher (laughs) for. That's how long teachers are teachers for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like the one thing that I do know about teachers kind of almost anywhere in the world Mm -hmm. is that like there's never enough of them. Like there's too many kids in a class. And just wondering just like not even just with, uh, you know, stuff like playing D with them, but just how many instances would it be like so much better for everybody involved if like classes were 10 kids
2: and you know the the interesting thing is like because there, there's a critical mass of, of kids where you were like you want a few more um to be able to do certain activities with them but like the, there was an interesting part of like online education and online D, which was the the fact that like this was a class i basically didn't know at all um i met them for two weeks in person and right. yet by the end of the year, there were certain of, not all of them by any means, because, you know, there's some of them that like you arrange an online time with them. They just don't show up, but certainly the group that played D&D where I was really sad to see them go right. Where it was like, you know, you're a, you're a group of people that I've spent hours with during lockdown. Right. And, and, and it's, yeah, it, it, it really, um, it changed the connection for sure. I mean, there's parts of it that certainly weren't as good, but there's parts of it that I think for some students were it was a it was it was more personal in some ways, which was which was very interesting. Yeah.
0: yeah. The uh, the thing about D and D that's so great, I think, especially when you're playing it when you're younger or you're still trying to figure yourself out, yeah. is that it gives you the opportunity to play characters who aren't like you yes. and kind of pretend for a while, and that can help you eventually. Totally
2: and and you know i i had two i had two players in my my in my in person group when i was sort of running with my seven or eight or so that i had in class there were they were a very they were very a, a very mixed group they were they were um a very interesting group to run with but there were two of them that i thought were really really fascinating there was one of them who Um, he was a paladin and when he said he was a paladin, I was like, of course you are. (laughs) I was like, of course, that makes sense. You would be a paladin. But then there was one of them that like, who halfway through the game decided that he wanted to be a different race in class. And I don't specifically have objections to that, but I didn't like have time to do it with him right that second. And so because of that, he proceeded at every available opportunity to try and like kill his character <laughs> in the circumstances of the game, so that I would kind of have to reboot him. <laughs> um, so that this was kind of his plan. Um, that it's like, what if I throw myself in front of it? Kind of thing. Like, and he'd kind of go through all these scenarios. I was like, oh, okay, fine. Like, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll work that in and we'll we'll rebuild your character kind of thing. But there is a little bit to that that they get, they sometimes get partway into the game and realize that's like, oh no, actually, like I wanna be a magic user right? or, or the opposite i want to be like the fighter kind of thing or um and all the paladins it was oath of vengeance as well <laughs> like all the paladins got to the the level where they were trying their oaths and i'm like okay these this is basically the breakdown and i got down to the oath of vengeance and i'm like and this one is anakin skywalker <laughs> and the kid in question and he was like yes yes i want that I was like, <laughs> okay that's that's fine we'll go with that so yeah i think that's exactly it right that when when you're kind of the shyer, quieter kid, but you're, you're playing a, a character who, you know, has a long bow, right? And you're like able to, to, to be part of this action. And, and like, like the, the, the kid I was referring to, who was the shoot first, ask questions later one, that, that they were very interesting sort of drivers of story in a way. Um, right. And they had kind of, you know, their little quirks and that kind of thing that almost became like, you almost have a, a little bit of like, you learn their personalities by other characters, kind of, right? That it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, you're you're playing a kind of character that isn't you, but your inclination to do things like, you know, steal everything that's nailed that isn't nailed down and many things that are, um, <laughs> is, is interesting to me, right? Because the rest of the time you are this other person, right, who who doesn't do that, right? So that those those contrasts are are always very interesting to see.
1: Mm-hmm. So Something I'm I'm curious about because you said that you use Microsoft Teams. Were there any yeah. other uh, tools yeah. or sites or anything that you use to help so run your games? I,
2: I had a brief look at roll 20, because it wasn't a, a system that I was particularly familiar with, having not done sort of online games before. Um, but the thing that I found about it is that the because of the way that my school games have always been run, which is quickly <laughs> in small, sh- in small, short kind of bursts of time. And I mean, you know, in a lunch hour, you have half an hour, right? And that's kind of the way it is. So because of that, I I had gotten away pretty quickly from extensive use of maps or um, grids or that kind of thing. And it had become pretty quickly like, the kid's like, how far away is, is he from me? And I'm like, oh, 12 feet. <laughs> like just and, and just really prioritizing um, flow of the game right because there wasn't time for anything else so when we moved to online really all they needed was a character sheet and dice okay. and and it meant that like, and it was funny because their reactions were different like some of them I knew had dice one of them I wasn't sure I'm like you know how are you sorted for dice kind of thing and he holds up this massive bag <laughs> he's like apparently my dad plays D&D <laughs> um, <laughs> It's so the things you learn. Um, and I had one or two who used online like dice rollers, and I just went with like, don't lie to me about your dice rolls. <laughs> like I was like, just just be honest, and we'll leave it at that kind of thing. And that and that worked more or less. Like they were pretty honest about low rolls because they had drama and they're silly and funny and (laughs) and that's sort of part of it so so yeah it was it was pretty pretty bare bones um I did look into other things but part of it was to I think the the basic sort of format of role to was like five players and inevitably my groups (laughs) end up being larger than that (laughs) larger than the sensible sized party um so yeah so that was one of the limitations on it
1: so it sounds like you didn't have to make any big sweeping changes to make the the the, the switch from in person to online no. to back to in person.
2: Yeah. I mean, no, that was that was what was so astonishing, right? Is that I had done a session of character creation. I did have to do a couple after that of like of of sort of final finishing that up. So we did a couple sessions of like, yeah, okay, does everybody see the little box that says AC above it? what box no wait I have, no I'm lost um we there was a little bit of that but by and large once we were playing um you know and I you could upload materials to teams as well so I did a little bit of that um but yeah but it was it was surprisingly seamless and that was where like I had a student ask being June who was sort of looking at September and Nobody knew what September was going to look like at that point. and And, you know, even, even come September, we were a little vague on sort of what all of this was going to look like. Um, but they asked me, like, is Dungeons and Dragons going to run? And I was like, yes. It was the one thing that I could say with certainty. It's like, yes, no matter where we are and what the format is, like whether it's the half and half, whether it's online, whether it's in person, whether we have to sit in four corners of the classroom kind of thing, it, it will run. And it will work because I've seen it, <laughs> which which was lovely, lovely, because there were there was nothing else like that, um, that, that I could sort of say that about.
1: So look at, looking back at mm-hmm. how how the year went, are there anything is there anything that you think that you would change or was it all just like nah, it all worked? Just leave it as it is.
2: Um, I, I certainly would address early on to students who were who were not DMs what the role of a DM is, <laughs> because I think there was a little bit of, it's like, we're all kind of the same age. We're all students and there isn't a clear, like when I'm, when I'm being a DM, like there's no doubt about it, who the authority figure at the table is <laughs> a little bit, right? Like, and, and they're going to sort of, you know, ask me questions and ask for me to resolve conflicts because, I mean, partially because I'm the DM, but, but also partially because I'm their teacher right and so that kind of format of like i'm gonna let you you know you know me well enough to know that i'm gonna let you do most of the things you want to do um you know just with consequences um <laughs> <laughs> but but that's harder if you're peers right and, it, and it's harder if you don't have the idea of no i trust that it's also harder that like it, that it's worth pointing out to the people being dms right like your role is not to hunt down your characters either, right? Like there, there's a balance between like you are there to make it fun for everybody, but it, it should also be fun for you. Like it should also be an enjoyable process to, to create this world and to create the stories and to guide people through and to make the decisions. And if that's, if you're getting yelled at by your peers, something has gone a bit awry. And so I might yeah, that that would be kind of my step would be kind of clarifying it's like this is what this person's doing it's hard <laughs> it's not like it, it's it is a lot easier to be a player right and and to and to kind of um be part of it but not be fully responsible for it and so i think that that would be my, my main thing that i would forefront is is what is that role right? i
0: just i've just realized as you were talking that the role of dm in a like a high school situation or a Elementary, school. I don't know if elementary school yeah. like sports teams have captains, but it's yeah. like it's yeah. essentially like being the captain. You got to make sure everybody's kind of on the path, but yeah. you're also there to play and have fun.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you're also one of their peers, right? And and that's and that is different than being a coach, right? And you're you're not the same kind of level, and and like nor nor should you be, right? Like you shouldn't be the the heavy who has to like one of the things that happened this year that sort of happened slightly out of my hands it was actually another player that did it by accident was that a student player a student's player character died in game and it had never happened to me before and it and at the age that he was devastated and I was just like oh what do I what do I do with that and so I like I went home and I was like okay okay what do I do when a character dies (laughs) because it had never it had never happened before and it was like kind of my responsibility to go okay come in like how am I going to like reintegrate you and fix and fix this and and, and whatnot and and there were moments like that where it it became like okay this uh, this feels like an awesome weight and responsibility um in a way that it that it hadn't up until that point and it was kind of one of those scenarios where it's like oh that was like an accident and like how like do I it's like, do, are you young enough that I backtrack and say, well, do over. We'll say that wasn't happened. It's like, oh, no, but you're not. You're you're you guys are pushing like 12, 13 at this point. And like you want it to be kind of fair and real. And yet one of you is completely devastated, which was which was an interesting and new um, situation um, to 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 be in as as a DM of, of people who are younger and and who to, and who that affected. Um an enormous amount which which was yeah which was something i wasn't fully prepared for
1: <laughs> yeah i can i can see that experience of like in a game where like you're having fun you're having mm. fun you're in combat yeah. and then through a combination of like yep. really good roles on the dm's part yep. or bad roles on your part yep. like <laughs> things just get way out of hand and yep. now your character's dead i can i don't really remember being that young because my memory is terrible <laughs> but i can I can kind of put myself in those shoes of, like, the first time experiencing something like, yeah. oh, no, this thing that I've put so much work into yeah. is over. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can see how, that, like, as a teacher, you're there to just, like, to try and guide them through that or like, try to figure out, like, yeah. oh, we reverse this. But, like, that experience of, yeah, sometimes things don't go the way you yeah. want yeah. is it's such like it's so such a valuable experience and i know so many people because i like i just recently watched the um kitchen nightmares episode for amy's baking company (laughs) like that's somebody that like should have learned a long time ago that (laughs) actions have consequences
2: yeah i mean it, it and it was one of those like you could see everybody suddenly be shocked being like what like what does that mean right like what does that mean in game and and I I I read so in my in my like oh my god what do I do, um and when I started sort of reading about this I I saw one comment that I really liked which was about penalties following deaths of characters and it's like do you drop them a level or do you take away their gear or whatever but the comment was they're like no death is the penalty right the fact that your character has died. Is really awful and is really hard to take. And so you don't need anything else. Like you don't need to penalize characters and drop them experience levels and, and take away things that they can't easily get back because that's already happened.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And so it was like the next day it's like, okay, come back. And it's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna reintegrate the character using the story. This is how we're gonna do it. It's like, but your XP is gonna kind of stay the same and 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 to sort of like Soften that a little bit, which is, which was okay. Um, And that, and that did, that did work and did help and, and, and managed to integrate it in a way that like was, was acceptable to the person that it had happened to, but didn't make the other characters feel like it was meaningless either. Right. Right. Which, which was the tricky kind of, kind of piece of it.
1: I can see that being a really tricky tightrope to walk with. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was young
1: teenagers. It
2: was a, it was a, it was a rough day. I came I and was like, "I killed the student's character." I mean, I didn't. It was another student who did it, but still, but still, right? You're the 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 responsible person at the table, um, and I, and it was literally one of those. It's like if I could have seen a way to kind of. It's like okay, how can I get around that? But it was like no, you. I mean that that's what happened right that then that's what you rolled and we all agreed that that was the case it was like oh
1: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah for sure
1: sometimes you do your best and it still doesn't work out yeah
2: no i mean yep. that's exactly it right
1: uh
0: i'm curious then after this situation mm. have you come up with an ongoing solution for if this happens again
2: i try really hard not to put them in that situation yeah right like i try like as the dm i try really hard not to um, to the extent that I like I I have quite a powerful NPC that rides along with them they don't know he's quite powerful for most of the game <laughs> um, but he's a little bit there because they're young and you occasionally need to deus ex machina them a little bit and 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 sort of be like no you you kind of need to stop attacking this monster that's five times bigger than you because your character will die and I don't we're not doing that (laughs) um and and it depends with the character like what like like the student I mentioned before who was really really happy to have something that would kill him (laughs) just (laughs) so that he could reboot his character which like wasn't necessary I would have eventually you know recreated his character but that was kind of the way that he wanted to go so that was what he went with but with having a really large party typically over like Typically, I have the opposite problem that, like, there's so many of them that it takes a fairly hefty adversary to beat them, right? I mean, even at the level they are because there's, like, eight or nine of them, right? Right. And so unless you have something that, like, can wallop them in a single blow, which, of course, you can do, um, it it tends to be the other way around that it's like, oh you totally annihilated that dang it there should have been more <laughs> of them <laughs> so there's a little bit of that it works the other way usually
1: yeah i'm familiar with that is like in the campaign that i mm. ran one of my players was a like i think it was bear totem barbarian like he took a quarter damage from almost everything yes. so on you know in this party of five people one of them is almost unkillable and the rest of them feel like very squishy so like trying to balance combat was kind of a nightmare
2: well and i and i tried to make sure because it was an all-new group as well that i did you know advance you know did give them xp where appropriate did advance them through levels where appropriate because that had been something that was a that was not as um clear, easy for me in sort of the early stages of being a DM was like remembering to do that mm-hmm. <laughs> amongst everything else. And so this was kind of, you know, I kind of made sure it's like, okay, we're gonna stop, we're gonna advance everybody through their their stuff, check out the players guide kind of thing. Because part of it is is also like teaching them to play Dungeons and Dragons so that they can take it and go play kind of things. So because right. they're only there for in my class for, for a year or two at most, kind of thing. So it it allows them to kind of to kind of have a body of skill. And like, sometimes I will kind of pause and be like, so as a DM, here's what I'm thinking. Right. And, and here's what I would do with this. If you're ever in the position of being a DM kind of thing. Um, because that kind of, I think kind of helps for the ones that are going to continue playing it outside of what we're doing at school. Um, so yeah, I do try to advance them through XP. They're, they're absolutely hounds about xp as well because i think they're (laughs) i think they're quite used to like video games and models where you have xps in the thousands kind of thing and i'm like sweet guys 15 xp (laughs) they're like what (laughs) like they're they're entirely unimpressed with the amount of xp the other thing i try to do um especially with a group that's like more we want to smash everything is is really trying to reward xp for role-playing Mm -hmm. Um, And so like after the event where we had um, this character die, I'm like, okay, so we're going to, we're going to take care of him, we're going to bury him, etc. And I'm like, do do we have any clerics here? And one of them holds up their hand. And I'm like, can you say a few words? So he did, right? And he launched into like an extensive sort of eulogy for our fallen character. And I was like, sweet, XP for you. Like it was, it was kind of a nice opportunity to be like, yeah, see, that's an addition to the game that doesn't involve um, an attack, right? And, and an adding to the game that doesn't involve, um, yeah, smashing.
0: (laughs) I do love that you're not only running the game for them and like teaching them the basics of playing, but you're kind of teaching them potentially how to GM in the future and, yeah. uh, and like that yeah. they can role play.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and I mean, <laughs> and I, and I reward good narration as well. Like I had one student who, um, we were on a, a cliff, uh, and there were sort of sheets of ice due to some various misguided casting of spells. Anyway, yeah. um, there were kind of sheets of ice on this hill and one of them's like one of them the way they narrated narrated it was that somehow they were going to take two sheets of ice to this monster and as they put it uh pb and j the monster between the two pieces <laughs> of ice oh, <laughs> and, right and, it, and it's i mean it's moments it was like amazing you may have more xp for that i mean and and that kind of thing like either either giving them like advantage on that role or um extra xp for it or or those kinds of things kind of encourage that idea of like if you're being you know clever uh, either in you're you're adding to the game for other players if you can narrate it well and you can can role play it well right um so that's kind of what i what i aim to do with them as well
0: it sounds like you're also at the same time teaching them that if one of you do, does well, you all do well.
2: That's the attempt. <laughs> they, don't, <laughs> they, they, don't, they don't always fall. Inevitably, um, they get in their heads at some point that they're going to attack the PC. Uh, sorry, not of the course. PC, the NPC. Um, mm. that, that they're like, well, what if we attack him? I'm like, that's a bad plan. <laughs> uh, I'm like, you can certainly try because I'm not going to say no, but you don't want to do that. Um, and so there's there's... There's things like that where it's like, no, if you, and you always have one character who's like, no, if we do this together, we'll be stronger. And the other one's like, no, set fire everything. Right. And I mean, I, I don't think that's, you know, isolated to 12 to year olds by any means, but certainly, oh, no. <laughs> certainly you do get that. that it's the idea of like, no, if you did this together, get, and that's the other thing you can reward, right? Like if you, if you're like, what if I ran at him and he held his shield and I jumped off his shield and swung through the air and hit it. I'm like, Okay. So super high dex roll, first of all. But if you succeed in that, <laughs> I you know credit where it's due, kind of thing. I will I will reward it for being interesting and and cooperative. I also had this group. Also interestingly, um, they loved using persuasion in, <laughs> instead of like because I've had groups that like you put them into an encounter. The first thing they do is hit something. Um, but this group, interestingly, the first thing they attempted to do were like really complex like mind control persuasion rules. ah <laughs> uh, yes
0: <laughs> right like
2: i want to convince him that he is actually a, a frog and doesn't want to attack us and it was just like i i mean yeah if you roll like 30 persuasion go ahead right like and so it they they, they kind of fell to that as like as like a, a first attempt <laughs> was always persuading the other character that no 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 no, no actually you don't want to attack us and, and of course like if they succeeded there had to be consequences too which is that the person they've persuaded you know follows them around and doesn't leave them alone because they're so besotted with them like that's you know
1: <laughs> there has to be something
2: for your ridiculous request um but yeah that was interesting because because normally you know that the first thing they want to pull out is a weapon right and these this particular group didn't this particular group was like what um i persuade them that they are actually not a guard (laughs) and and it was to the extent that like one of them asked like they were like something was on fire right and they're like what if i persuade them that it's not on fire i was like (laughs) i was like okay (laughs) Um, here's what you would have to do, and they're like, "Sweet, roll." I'm like you are gonna fail, and they did, and so then you know the consequences of that just kind of play out. But it does mean that, like, in a given campaign, I do have a plan. <laughs> it doesn't generally get executed um, <laughs> because it, when they're like, "Well, what if I what if I attack all the guards who are trying to arrest me?" I'm like, "Well, there will be a consequence to that." that is obvious within the world that you know and understand um and they're like sweet let's do that anyway (laughs) it's like okay it's like you know let's let's follow that to see where it leads and so and so sometimes you have to balance that with like there's there's other player characters who are getting you know exasperated with that kind of behavior and it's like okay your npc is going to yank you back onto like a little bit of a a little bit of a campaign directory just a little bit to to make sure that everybody is, is is sort of enjoying it right
0: Sure. Alright. I have I have two things. Yeah. One. This sounds like basically most adult tables anyway. <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> um but B, it's it's I was listening to our original episode with you earlier today mm. in preparation for this. Yeah. Uh and it's really interesting to hear because like as you mentioned, it's uncommon. You were saying that in your last like last time, mm. fighting was always the first solution.
2: Always. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and I mean I think you I think there's a lot of there's a lot of reason for that like I'm trying to think of of like a video game that immediately rewards you for talking someone down
0: <laughs> oh like dragon age and well and those, like and like okay, like that, witcher right? 3
2: occasionally right but and like they do exist but like there's definitely less of them right the, and as opposed to the ones where it's like the first thing you do is pull out a weapon right yeah. and what? so i ha- i did have a game at, at my last school where there was like five players that like were of the i attack first and ask questions later a mentality and one player who was like desperately trying not to do that <laughs> <laughs> and it, and if that player played first there was a pretty like just an initiative there was a pretty good chance that like they could defuse the situation <laughs> but if they played third or fourth or something they're like okay so i try to talk to them but whatever i'm like your your colleague just hit them with a great sword that's not gonna fly like it, <laughs> and so there was a little bit of of that was balancing those things where it's like you have a player character who's actually like Trying to do a, a fair chunk of role playing and is really getting into it versus the ones that are just, you know, are, are playing the game within its rules, right? But are just approaching it slightly differently, right?
1: So something I'm I'm curious about now that you've had some some students be DMs, yeah. Yeah. is there is there anything that you've seen them do or that they've told you about afterwards mm. that you're like, oh, that's a really neat trick. I need to remember that.
2: I ha- I mean, I had I had. It's, it's interesting to watch, right? Because I had one group um, that, like, I went over. I'm like, how are things going? And they're like, well, we are in a, a, a modern day and we're all police officers. And I was like, are you playing D&D? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah. And they explained it how. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so there was a little bit of, like, they had kind of just wherever the game had gone that was where they had gone with it and and that's something that I definitely did early on like not quite to that extent but but I've gotten away from a little bit for that idea of like teaching them kind of what the world looks like and sort of what its rules are um and I had a I had a a student as well who I had great admiration for his maps and like street view maps and like his, and he was an excellent artist as well, which, which I'm, you know, I try, but I'm not so much. Um, and he uh, he, you know, just p- placed it into this idea of like drawing out the different locations of his world. Um, and I'd like to do, like, so I run a world that is, you know, sort of forgotten Realmsy Z ish. Um, but I didn't sort of realized initially that I could run a campaign that someone else had written. Um, <laughs> and so I ended up sort of creating a world, creating a map for it, creating sort of systems in it. And what has developed in it is just through the needs of different players is, um, different sort of characters and places within it and okay we have a character who's wounded we need to take him to a potion or, or whatever and so it's like oh look at that there's an apothecary shop right like <laughs> like <laughs> the, the needs that have have sprung up through the game and so I think putting that into a more kind of planned out um set of, of of maps and drawings is is something that I would yeah would lean to do it to to do um I'm trying to think of something else that I but I saw him do. I'm sure there is something. I'll think of it halfway through your next question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I had next an question, and then my mind just blanked, and I forgot what it was. No, that's right. Um, Jesse, ask something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, no, I'm drawing a blank too. Oh no, this is terrible. Sean, what's happened to us?
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll
2: speak to one other thing because one of the one of the things in in this year that happened is that because we were running the student DMs, and because you know, if a kid had a sniffle they had to stay home type of thing um you did have situations where of course DMs weren't there right and you had a group of um you know three or four students who were like well we kind of want to play DD, what do we do and so what i stumbled across in in looking at this was um the dungeons and dragons adventure begins board game which i don't know whether you've ever come across it there are two copies of it in my classroom now though because it's it's a system of you decide on, like, a big bad to defeat at the end. You decide on four quadrants of a path to go down. Um, three main adversaries along the way. And then you take turns reading the DMs cards. Which, like, was an extremely good stand-in for, okay, your DMs away. You're at kind of the Dungeons & Dragons club. Here you go. Because I can't run with a lot of you. And you're not part of that game. And you're coming in halfway through anyway. And that's going to be a bit awkward. So... Is this a good way to kind of, um, to kind of give you a, a placeholder for that? Um, it's not a bad way to teach someone a DM either because the idea of like flow of a campaign is very much how it's, how it's kind of laid out. And I've had other Dungeons & Dragons board games, ba- base board games before. Um, and this one for the age that I teach is awesome. Like for the kind of 9 to 14 crowd it's great <laughs> um oh. and it was one of the one of the the tools that i used when it was like okay i there's too many of you and your dm's not here and you're kind of learning and i don't have time to teach you right this second play this for a second i'll be with you when i can be um which was super useful <laughs> that was one of the other things i stumbled across this year
0: yeah i'm looking at it now and it looks like oh it's amazing you're right like yeah. it looks perfect for it because i've yeah no go ahead
2: uh, yeah well no and i mean this is the thing like i've come across a few where like it's like okay it has amazing pieces but it has no story or it has an amazing story but like the mechanics are super weird whereas this one i think kind of nailed it for like that age right that it it's it works really really well.
0: Yeah. I was going to say that like cuz the only D&D ones i've played are all the dungeon crawl based ones uh which are like you said it's it's all combat no story.
2: Well yeah and i mean i've played like the, like the older one like hero's quest and that kind of thing which like is f- And and the benefit of this one is that you don't need a DM, right? Because inevitably, like, I don't know whether you have this experience, but if you are a person who is a DM or a GM and you come across a board game that kind of requires a role that is, like, it's not called the DM, but that's what it is, (laughs) Um, it's... um, it kind of falls to you to be that person, right? Whereas the great thing about this one is that it doesn't fall to a single person. Um, Betrayal at Baldur's Gate is a bit like that as well. It, it's a great one, but it's, you know, for a class, it's a bit more complicated. Um, but yeah, it was super useful to have something that was just like, this is in the spirit of what we're doing. Um, and it can just kind of tide you over basically until until we get to to actually, you know, having a DM here and being able to play fully.
1: So now that you've run and d for multiple classes yeah, like yeah. what are I guess what like first off, what are the biggest things that you've learned now that like you were not expecting at all when you started like the biggest yeah. surprises I wasn't
2: I wasn't aware, even I think at my old school how important it was until this year. it um, and and I'm talking both for me and for the students that it was this one thing, that kind of couldn't be beaten, um, and it was this one thing that was like you can be in this world that is currently frustrating you, whoever you want, and you can play within the constraints of the game, but you have you have some control and you have some some power over that. And I think for the age, that's that's kind of intoxicating, right? It's kind of a a, a beautiful thing. Um, and it just it didn't matter what the format was. It didn't matter if it was online. It it was more or less the same. Um, and that was that was kind of um, really lovely uh, that it didn't that it didn't disappear to that. And it didn't sort of change um, how fun it was. <laughs> right. With right. the tools that we had, like having sort of um, a, a video conference and audio um that it that it felt the same that it felt the same and and i think what i would love to continue doing is is continue the idea of having you know students run their games um and having me kind of mentor them um a little bit more especially and especially given the fact that like they're there only so long and and then hopefully that hopefully it's something they continue to do afterwards and that they have the tools to do um as they move on um but yeah that's kind of my
1: yeah i'm just it's it's interesting because at at my work we're we're looking into like play Mm -hmm. and how like how children need play to learn how adults need play to relax and yeah um, just thinking about how yeah you know for kids like this was kind of started when i was when i was growing up when i was in elementary high school like video games becoming a big thing and how Like D&D and like role-playing games and uh, like video games, they occupy kind of that same niche of like allowing kids to explore, be different people and all this kind of stuff. But D&D and tabletop games have this critical aspect of it's a community thing. Like you are telling a story together and that's so core to what we are as humans that it's like, it's uh, such a powerful tool.
2: Yeah. and, And I mean, in a year when you had, it was especially evident in a year when there wasn't any other way right there there weren't basketball teams there there weren't other clubs there weren't field trips where you could sort of get out of um the the classroom and and sort of have those kinds of experiences and I mean even like I I teach music to my students I teach them guitar but like halfway through the year I kind of had to like reel it back almost completely because the restrictions on it were so severe and and it was having something that was like, no, we can still like, there was one student who I who wore a mask, starting in September, um, absolutely without fail, had a mask on at all times, unless he was actually eating food, he had a mask on. And I kind of joked with him. I'm like, I don't know if you know how to smile because I've literally never known. He was a lovely, lovely, lovely student. But like I was partway through a Dungeons and Dragons game and I looked over at him and some another student had done something ridiculous. And I looked over at him and I was like, what is, oh, you're laughing. (laughs) (laughs) And he was just silently just like rocking in his chair laughing. And it was something I had not seen in any other context because like if he had laughed quietly in his chair i wouldn't have known they had masks on right Right. and it and it was just kind of this lovely moment of like oh that that like feels normal you know what i mean like that you're able to actually actually laugh and actually see that and i mean the other thing about dungeons and dragons in schools too is the idea that like it bleeds into uh, like uh, an an unnumbered uh, parts of the curriculum um, to the extent that this year like we did probability in math and it was like okay everyone go get your Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> and for those of you who don't have one I will go into my bottom drawer and get you some kind of thing and it was the question of like you know, we talked about the difference between, like, if you have two D10s versus if you have a D20, well, how does that change it? And they, they're they starting to look up at the board at, like, the different probabilities. they are like, oh, that makes so much more sense, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> what the chances are. And I'm like, yeah, remember when you did that role that you shouldn't have done? They're like, yes, yes, I remember that, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and it was kind of an interesting moment of, like, oh, no, this is all, it's all the same, right? It's all connected and it's all, you know, part of the same, um, part of the same process of learning, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and yeah, it's just it's re- it's really nice to hear that. Like, in a time where, like, you know, as a, as a kid trying to figure out, you know, how to be social, how to yep. interact with friends, and like, you know, as a as a kid, like, you there's all these things you need to learn, and like having this this thing yeah. that like, because like, I've heard lots of stories because uh, about you know parents and teachers trying to cope Mm -hmm. with like teaching online and like limited interactions in a classroom and having this thing that is um this this game that is kind of like purely a social storytelling thing that you can still try to like use it to teach other things and just but also have this yeah we're all going to get together and, and talk and hang out uh, yeah. in a kind of structured way like it's yeah it sounds like you found it to be a really valuable tool it
2: was super valuable and especially online what i found was sort of the idea that like having as you as you called it like this structured social situation was super important because what i discovered in talking to my students like generally when i met with them one-on-one as part of their sort of academic kind of time the the rundown would be like okay you've done this work okay go over it, you know, issues you had with that, that kind of thing. But then I'd go through and I'd be like, are you getting outside? Right. How are you feeling? And, but then one of the questions I asked is like, have you contacted any of your friends like online or give them a phone call or those kinds of things. And by and large, the answer was no right it was this really weird scenario where it was like oh we text sometimes i'm like that is not the same yeah <laughs> like you have a phone sweetheart like you need to call your friend and they were not they were it was not natural to them it it was it was not something that they did sort of before they were in a situation where they kind of had to and and it was like it was like they didn't know how and so having a and it was interesting cuz Dungeons and Dragons was one of the two social situations I had but the other one we referred to as tea time <laughs> and it was like an hour and a half of like just hanging out on teams on on sort of the digital platform that we had and what quickly became evident was that it needed a structure right it needed something to kind of hold it together and get people talking. And so it, it I ended up sort of fulfilling the role of like half game show host, half like party host kind of thing. And like asking, would you rather questions and, and that kind of thing. And sort of playing like hypothetical questions and, and those kinds of things because the social, because it wasn't natural, right? Like the social interactions of it didn't make sense for how they would normally act. And so the nice thing about Dungeons and Dragons was that was... That was already there, right? That was kind of built into what we were already doing. Right. Um, and then if you did something ridiculous and made all your friends laugh, well, that's so much the better, right? Like that was already built into to, to the the format of what we were doing.
1: Yeah. It's it's interesting that you 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 mentioned that like in this other social thing you found that you needed structure because I've that's a, a couple of times now, like I've I've been like we're we're part of a Discord for the Cape Goblin Network and like mm-hmm. trying to organize just kind of like generic hangouts either with the cave goblins or just with other friends like it it like uh, the i think the only one that i've managed to like keep going is the one with my my sister that we like scheduled as just like a family chat but like it it makes so much sense they now that you've said it that like you know social like unless you're just like going to a friend's house and sitting with them and just talking like it, being online in, yeah. in in whether it's voice or voice and video like it's not a natural way we're no. not used to interacting this way so yeah like i can see like oh my god yeah i should have just been like saying i'm gonna run jackbox or i'm That's going right. to run some dnd games because <laughs> no
2: it, it's true right
1: because it, it's just it's interesting because it came at a time when i was like i just recently kind of been burnt out yeah. playing dnd online and i was getting burnt out like playing some party games online for a streaming yeah. thing It's just like it's interesting that like maybe like if i pulled back a little bit but like tried to do some like low key DD or some low key party game stuff yeah. like
2: well and and you know yeah. I think cuz I remember sort of like at christmas time having the same situation right it's like where the sort of online social get together right um it is not it's not that easy right and the idea that you have to have like an activity which you just wouldn't have to have in a group of adults that are hanging out and and you know and, and chatting and and sharing something to eat and drink, which we forget is a big part of social gatherings as well. Yeah. Um. But like, I think yeah, that's exactly it. That you were like, okay, I need a thing that we're gonna do because otherwise we're all just gonna stare at our screens and it's gonna be you know a bit weird. And and I think that you know Dungeons and Dragons lent itself really easily to this this idea of um, we're gonna get together and and have some laughs right and and that that's gonna work really well and one of the occasions and it hadn't happened before was on our last Dungeons and Dragons session online one of the students was like can we have a recap of the game (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I I opened my book of notes and started like cherry picking and reading the highlights of what had happened. And I don't know whether you've ever done that. It's hilarious. <laughs> 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 and I certainly hadn't. Um, and and by the end, we were all in hysterics by the end, because it's, of course, things like so-and-so wants to. Uh, get a friend who is a plant but finds out that his pet mushroom is actually releasing killer spores and it was just like it was all of the ridiculous requests that they'd had that that we'd kind of gone through together but like we were just it, it's it's a little bit of that idea of shared memory right when you have a year where you haven't had kind of you know sporting events or field trips or 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 big like pieces of drama or things like that 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 those shared memories are, are not as, they're not as sharp, right? They're not as, as obvious as, as, as they might be. And so having them in it in this created world where it's like, Hey, remember that time you smacked two people together with two pieces of ice and you called it PB and Jane, right? Like that, <laughs> like that it, it's, it is more memorable, right? Realistically, which was, which was, um, yeah, a wonderful thing to have in a, in a year where there wasn't a lot of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I can say from early on in the pandemic, my friend Izzy decided to run a game for us, yeah. uh, for a few of us. And that was like, I think that was the thing that really got me through it in the early days Yeah, was like having that social time that was built in yeah. and that was regular. And, um, and
2: And having like, it sounds so weird, but like having a schedule, I think, is part of it, too
0: right oh, yeah. like
2: I never had a Dungeons and Dragons player who played with me online who was like late or didn't show up that just didn't happen right they they were there and ready to play and unless something had glitched on like their techno on like technology end um everybody was online on Wednesday at one thirty kind of thing um and because it, it, it mattered right it, it was it was very important um and I think that was also true in in the classroom and in person but obviously you know they're there already (laughs) so it's a little bit different but yeah it was an interesting thing to see for sure
1: yeah just thinking about this like this kind of learning that you've been doing Mm, on like mm. how important like structure is and like i am really curious now because there's probably probably tons of of grad students and researchers who are like looking into how people have have coped with you know their jobs moving remote and all this kind of stuff and. And the, like the crossover with my own job of like us looking into play and mm-hmm. how how important it is and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And just, just thinking about, yeah, like thinking back to like we spent, like humans are social storytelling creatures. Like that's how we grapple with the world, is we tell stories about yeah. it. And having this, this these games, the tabletop games that is built entirely around, yeah, let's storytell, but with a few rules, like how much better that could have made the pandemic for a lot of people is. A really interesting idea and yeah, yeah. I
2: mean I, I think I think look, I mean I remember one student who I I got online with for his sort of one-on-one and I said to him I'm like how you doing he's like I'm really good and I was like what <laughs> 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 and I, I was sort of like oh, okay uh and I'm like what have, what have you been up to kind of thing and he's like I've been playing Magic the Gathering with my brothers and I'm like that's awesome like, and i mean it's not an it's not an option for everybody but i think that idea of like no i have a game and a place i escape to that's intrinsic to where i am um which which was tremendous right it, and and obviously so important to him and, and we i mean we did you know in my personal life do do some some rpgs with a friend sort of from distance um it wasn't Dungeons and dragons it was the Expanse. Um, role-playing game Um, and and it was it was nice it was nice to have a reason to to do that connection I mean you mentioned the idea of like social structure right it's like it would be would have been fine to hang out with them and and chat but I I don't know whether we I honestly don't know whether we would have done as much of that if there hadn't been a game to play and a game to keep going kind of thing
1: yeah yeah it's all sorts of interesting things that I think like Jesse and I need to find more people to talk about this specifically because <laughs> yeah. I am so very interested in yeah. this now. Um, but yeah, I think we're we're kind of getting to the end of our, mm. our time here. So is there um like we've gotten over quite a bit. Is mm-hmm. there anything that you want to like go back and highlight or any other things that we haven't touched on that you want to like quickly talk about um, before we wrap up?
2: No, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think the you know, we talked about the ideas of of sort of the student DMs and, and the challenges, but also the 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 great opportunities that come from that of including more people um and hearing more voices which i know is something you guys are interested in as well um and just sort of encouraging and mentoring that would would be a kind of an ongoing goal for me um yeah and just it's 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 i think very comforting right to know how resilient um and and important that that these you know these RPGs can be um, needn't necessarily be Dungeons and Dragons, but but certainly, certainly that would be a big one.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Jane, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah. I, I'm I'm really glad that your students had you to run this club for them, <laughs> and you that so you much. had the club during. Absolutely. Uh,
2: um. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It was. It was. Uh, it, it's. It's harder under these content. You know, I love teaching, but there's so much of what I love about it that gets. At, at the very least compromised under restrictions of these kinds. And so having something that wasn't uh, in any way uh, was was really refreshing and was really...
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, this has been amazing. It's always great to talk to you. Thank you. And, Thank you very much
2: for having me on. Uh,
1: is there uh, anywhere that people can find you online if that is a thing that you want people to be able to yeah, do? Yeah.
2: Um, they can find me online either at uh, jaydenparello.com. Or, um, if they are looking, um, for my name on Amazon, they will find, um, my novel on there. It's called The Steel Lady. Um, it's a, a novel about the, uh, early, uh, early mechanical computer, uh, created by Charles Babbage and, and sort of a fictional, um, yeah, a fictional story created around that, around the daughter of, uh, Ada Lovelace and, and, Henry Babbage, his son.
1: That sounds really cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Already, uh, I think that's that's it for this episode, and we're going to get out of here. Sure, thanks uh, so yeah. Thank thanks you. Much, thanks so much for listening, and bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks again for listening to our show.
1: We are proud members of the Cave Goblin Podcast Network. Find us and other shows at cavegoblins.com. You can support
0: us and our network by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash cavegoblins, or by joining
1: our Discord. You can also support us by leaving a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the show, even if that's a shell on the beach. <laughs> you can find us
0: on Twitter at DMs of Vancouver, at Jesse Burrows, and at Sean P. Hagen.
1: Our theme music is Overrolled by Kevin McLeod. and you can find more of his work at Incompetech.com. Our art is done by the incomparable Haley Burrows. See more of her
0: work at HayleyBurrows.com.
1: That's it for this episode. Hope to see you out there at the gaming table.
0: Revolver is the new weekly show on the Cave Goblin Network, exclusive to Patreon backers of just $1 or more. Each series lasts for a maximum of 12 episodes, then switches hosts and premises. Series 2 is Tabletop Tales, hosted by me, Jesse Boros, where I interview people about memorable stories from their tabletop gaming sessions. Hear the adventures at patreon.com cavegoblins.
2: Hey there, lovely listeners. I'm Talia Murdoch, and I'm here to tell you about my show, Everything Economics. Every week I talk about the world around you, specific social and economic issues, and dive into how fantasy realms would work in real life. That's Everything Economics on the Cave Goblin Network.
0: This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.